Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. So we come this morning to week number seven of our series, X Factor. Can you believe that we are at eight, uh, week number seven of an eight-week series already? And I really trust that this series has encouraged you and has enriched your life even half as much as it has mine and our other communicators as we prepared for these messages. Because it's helped us to gain a wider and a deeper appreciation and gratitude for the nature and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I I pray your gratitude has increased for who the Holy Spirit is and what he is all about in our lives. And so by way of reminder, an X factor is simply a quality, a circumstance, or in this case, a person that has a powerful but unpredictable influence. And so in this series, we are focusing on a key catalyst verse that Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter 16, verse number seven. Let's remind ourselves of our catalyst verse. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you. One of the most difficult things for us to do is to ask for help. And so Jesus promised to ask for us. In John chapter 14, he actually said, I'm going to ask the Father to send my Holy Spirit to you. And throughout this series, we've been punctuating this idea that the Holy Spirit is our helper. That word contains so many different aspects that in the English language, the word helper alone doesn't satisfy what's intended there. And so that's why we in this series have been taking these words, we've been taking these concepts, and we've been unpacking the richness of who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. So this morning... One of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us is that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. So I want to begin this morning with a two-question straw poll, okay? Here's the first question. By an upraised hand, how many of you have ever had someone say to you, I'll pray for you, but you just have this hunch that they really never did. Can I, can I see your hand if that's you? You, you know somebody has said that at some point, and you knew they were just blowing smoke. There's no judgment in that, right? It is what it is. I mean, sometimes people have good intentions. They're well-meaning, but they don't follow through, right? No judgment. So here's the second question. How many of you have ever said, I will pray for you? But you actually didn't. Come on. You're in church. Be honest, okay? How many of you have done that, right? I have. I mean, there's no shame in this. We all at times have good intentions. We all at times say we will do something. Say we will pray for someone, and we don't. Or people say it to us, and we really wonder, are they? Now listen, this is the good news of the Holy Spirit as our intercessor. Because Jesus knew that we were going to fail in prayer. 
Jesus knew that others would fail us in prayer. So he says this, I'm going to send you someone who's going to faithfully pray and intercede for you and you can bank on it. The Holy Spirit will be your intercessor and he will be faithful to execute this intercession. So to unpack this idea this morning, I want to take us away from the gospel of John and I want to move us now to the book of Romans. The book of Romans actually is one of Paul's letters that he writes that appear in the New Testament and it's actually the first letter of Paul's that appears chronologically in the New Testament. And this morning what we're going to do is we're going to talk and look at one single verse And then we're going to zoom out from there to see the wider text that will help us understand what Paul is getting at. Here's the verse that serves as our key verse this morning. It's Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us. Now, what's interesting is that Paul here uses a different word for help than the one Jesus used, which is paraclete, right? One who comes alongside of us. It's the same idea, but it's a different word. And a very plausible explanation for this is that they likely spoke a different native tongue, native language, right? So Jesus' primary language growing up was Aramaic. But that was not true of Paul. Paul was born and raised in Tarsus, which was a Greek-speaking city in Asia Minor. So while Paul was knowledgeable of Hebrew, though Paul was actually a scholar of Hebrew, and Paul understood the Hebrew language, his everyday common language, and the one he almost wrote exclusively in, 13 books of the 27 in the New Testament written by Paul were written in the Greek language. So even though Paul had an understanding, he was bilingual, Paul primarily uses the Greek language when he speaks. And in the Greek language, what Paul does is he takes a word. Actually, it's a combination of words. It's a compound word in the Greek. It's a combination of several words to make this word helps us. Now, now stay with me on this. The word, the compound word literally means co-operate. This is powerful. The Holy Spirit in our weakness co-operates our life. The Holy Spirit is coming to work in conjunction with us and he's coming to cooperate with us in our weakness. What, what, What Jesus understood was this. We left alone cannot do this thing called the Christian life. We we just can't do it. No matter how hard we try, no matter how strong our intent might be, reality is it takes the cooperation of the Holy Spirit for us to live out the Christian life. 
Yeah, I hear people talk about prayer and, and they'll often say this, man, they talk about the hard work of prayer. Now, I get that. All right, prayer takes effort on our part, right? But do you know what is truer? What is truer is that prayer is a gift of God's grace to you. Where he does the heavy lifting, not you. As long as we think that the onus of responsibility lands on us, we are responsible for it all, we're going to be a colossal failure at this thing, living the Christian life. We just can't do it. And I don't know about you, but I spent years of my life trying to form and cultivate a prayer life, and I still need the help of the Holy Spirit to actually do it because I'm weak. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want us to look at Paul's uh, verse here, and, and then I want us to see three ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So let's begin with Paul's introductory comments to verse 26. Verses 22 and 23 of Romans chapter 8. Here, here's what Paul says. We know... And all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Let me just pause there. If the last 600 days have taught us anything, the last 600 days have, have taught us the earth is trying to get our attention. The earth is in pain. God's creation is groaning and longing to be released from the consequences of sin and that are creating incredible suffering. This creation that is filled with God is actually saying, I'm hurting. This world's not right. It's not the way God intended it. And then Paul goes on and says this, and we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Not only is creation groaning, but God's crowning creation, us, we are also groaning, longing to be released from the sin and the suffering that has come upon us. There is something in all of us that wants to be released from what's happening in this world to us. And do you notice what Paul said? I don't want you to miss this because this is a profound theological truth. Paul said, we too groan even though we have the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this. We groan even with the Holy Spirit in our lives. How many of you have heard the statement gospel truth? Okay, this is gospel truth. Here's gospel truth. Having the Holy Spirit is no guarantee that you're not going to groan and you're not going to grieve in this life. It's no guarantee. Having the Holy Spirit inside of you is no guarantee that you will not experience deep pain. Deep suffering. In fact, I will tell you that is the gospel. That is part of the story. 
And if anyone ever preaches something different than that, if you ever hear anyone preach, if anyone ever tells you something different than that, they are preaching another gospel. They are not preaching the gospel Jesus shared, the gospel Paul the apostle preached, and the gospel of the early church. They just aren't. Because what the Bible teaches is that in this life, we will groan. But now watch this. Paul actually then says, there's a third groaning. There's a third groaning. And this actually provides us the first way in which the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The NLT, Romans chapter eight, verse 26. Here's what it says. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. Literally, it says this. We don't know how to pray as we ought. We don't know how to pray as we should. That's what it literally says. But, but, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. That word praise is intercedes. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But actually, it was not a spiritual word conjured up by the early writers. It was actually a word that was a very, what you might call secular term that was brought in and applied to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Literally, the Spirit groans with things that are too deep for words. So watch this. All creation's groaning. You and I are groaning, but we are not groaning alone. The Holy Spirit actually groans and intercedes with us. That's the first way that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit actually groans and intercedes with us. Now, even as I read those words this morning, they deeply reverberate in me. It touches something very deep in me. Because the last 10 months... Since Kelly's advanced cancer diagnosis, I have probably experienced the Holy Spirit's grieving with me, groaning with me, perhaps more than I ever have in my life. I have sensed a tangible connection that there are times in my life where I don't know how to pray as I should. Listen, I struggle to convert my tears into prayers. I struggle at times to know what to say and how to say it. More than that, I struggle in my weakness because I don't know how God is going to respond to my prayers. That's all part of my weakness. And so I have this X factor, a powerful but unpredictable influence in my life who actually is entering into my groanings and is groaning with me. And he's groaning with me in prayers that are beyond the human language. They are beyond the English language, but listen, they're beyond the human language. 
They are giving me a way to express to God what's inside of my heart and even have courage to pray things that without the Holy Spirit, I could never pray. I've shared honestly that in this journey, praying the prayer of indifference has been really challenging. (laughs) That God, I want nothing but your will. And it has been the presence of the Spirit of God groaning with me that is giving me new language to pray that prayer to God. And lately I've been praying this to God, not me, the Holy Spirit's praying it in me. And I find the Spirit of God expressing himself in this way through me. God, I ask not for what I want. I ask for what you know I need. That's a different prayer. And then, I, and then I'm finding the Spirit giving me an ability to pray and help me in your grace to trust this is the most loving thing you could do for me. Listen, I can't pray that on my own. I need the Holy Spirit's help to reach the place where I can actually pray things that I could never pray without his help. I'm learning in this journey to let go of things. And I'm also learning to hold on tightly to things, the things that matter, the things that are eternal, the things that are promises from God. And one of the passages that is really reverberated inside of my heart as of late that I'm holding on to tightly, it's actually found in a psalm that is the only psalm that is believed to have been written by Moses. Moses. It's Psalm number 90. And there's two verses that I actually have taken the liberty to personalize today. Because here's what has been my prayer. My prayer has been, let the sunrise of your love end my dark night. Break through my clouded dawn again. Only you can satisfy my heart, filling me with songs of joy to the ends of my days. I've been overwhelmed with grief, come now, and overwhelm me with gladness. Replace my years of trouble with decades of delight. There are ways that God, by his spirit, comes to us and enters into us. And he, listen, he groans with us and he intercedes with us. But he doesn't stop there. There's a second way the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He doesn't just intercede with us. He actually intercedes for us. And in the original language, that is the word that is used, the word intercede for us. The spirit in our weakness intercedes for us. Now, I said earlier, this is not a spiritual word. In fact, in the original Greek language, the word referred to an arbitrator. It referred to someone who was a mediator, someone who intervened between two parties, came between in an effort to bring agreement and reconciliation. So watch the nuanced language that the Passion Translation applies, and it really captures it here in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Here's what, here's what the, the Passion Translation says. The Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede, intercede on our behalf. Super intercede on our behalf. That's the emphasis of this word. The Holy Spirit isn't just praying. The Holy Spirit is super 
interceding on our behalf. And when it comes to prayer, I don't know about you, but I need that. So when you think of this word intercede, again, in the early Greek culture, the word was arbitrator. I don't know how many of you have ever used or needed an arbitrator, but this past year I did. Never had this happen before, but this past year I hired a subcontractor to do some interior work on my house. If I had known then what I know now, I would have said big mistake. (laughs) I didn't know. And so this individual came in and did not do the work as promised, did not do the work in a time that was promised, did not follow through, would actually make promises that are broken, would do things that were not asked to be done. It was, it was a colossal nightmare, if, if I can just be honest. And finally, I tried to rectify the situation several times to no avail, and I finally realized, listen, I can no longer trust this person's word. I can no longer trust their word. And because I can't trust their word, I got to get somebody to try to figure out how we can come up to some sort of reconciliation or agreement. We had reached irreconcilable differences. And I got an arbitrator. I got somebody who actually came between us. And one of the things the arbitrator did was the arbitrator spoke to that person on my behalf. I never again had to have that conversation. The arbitrator had the conversation and spoke on my behalf. Now watch this. Holy Spirit, the X factor, is our divine arbitrator speaking to God on our behalf. He's not just speaking to God on our behalf. Listen, he is representing us to God and he's representing God to us. He's actually going between us trying to bring about agreement and reconciliation. Now, this is really powerful because when we talk about the Holy Spirit being our X factor, our intercessor, how does he do this? How does he do this? How does he help us in our weakness? How does he intercede with groanings for us in words that are too, in prayers that are too deep for words? How does he do it? Here's how he does it. Verse number 27, Paul tells us. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit, watch this, the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Track with me here. In in verse 26, Paul said, we do not know. What don't we know? We don't know how to pray as we should. We, we don't know whether God, how God will hear our prayers and our pleadings. We don't know how God will respond to them and whether or not he'll answer the prayer the way we want him to. We don't, we don't know. But then Paul says, but the spirit knows. The Spirit knows. The Spirit doesn't just know our hearts, but the Spirit knows 
the mind of God, and he knows what is the will of God. So he, what, intercedes in accordance with the will of God. So I don't know, but because I know the Holy Spirit knows, well, then I can take assurance and confidence in this. Verse number 28, Paul says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This verse is so often taken out of context. So often. It is used as a Christian platitude to make people experiencing pain feel better. You cannot unhitch this verse from the previous two verses. You can't unhitch it because what Paul is saying here is this, I don't know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit who knows the will of God and the mind of God also knows my heart. He knows how to pray. And because he knows how to pray, then I can know <laughs> that all things work together for good. Then I can have assurance. And now I can know that because I have the intercessor, the X factor praying, not just with me, but praying for me, advocating for me, He's actually serving as my arbitrator. Wow. Now I know. Now I know that all things work together. I don't just say it, but boy, it's deep. It's deep inside the spirit, our spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is telling us all is well. All will be well because God is working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And there's a third way he helps us in our weakness. He, he doesn't just pray with groanings for us and with us, but he, and he doesn't just pray for us as our arbitrator, but the Holy Spirit intercedes through us. He intercedes through us. British theologian John Taylor actually calls the Holy Spirit the go-between God. I love the language. The Holy Spirit is the go-between God. He is God in the present tense. He is God here and now. He is God with us. He's God who knows us. He's God that is walking every moment of our life together. And so Jude actually says this in Jude, the only chapter, chapter one, verses 20 and 21, you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. The Holy Spirit, the X factor, is actually the go-between God. He actually is filling the empty space between me and God, and watch this, he's filling the empty space between me and you. This past week, I, I had the privilege of sitting down with a... Um, church planner who's planting a multi-ethnic church 
here in Beaver Creek. And I had the privilege, somebody got us connected and so I had the privilege of sitting down with him uh, because this person knows our heart that we've been moving in this direction and we've been trusting God to strengthen us here. And so I had the privilege of meeting with this brother, this pastor. And, and here's what's so unique about the conversation. We had nothing in common in the natural, right? In the natural, we don't share much in common. We don't share our family of origin. We don't share our nation of origin. Um, our languages are different. Our first primary language. Um, and so here we are talking. Here we are sharing. And by the end of the conversation, we decide to not only pray with each other, we decide to pray for each other. And watch what happens. That in God, through the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, the gap is filled. We become one in Christ, in God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who now is the go-between God and bringing us together as one. This was Jesus' prayer, friends that we would be one regardless of our ethnicity, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our socioeconomic standing, that we would be one. How does this happen? It only happens because we have the go-between God who's making it possible. That's why I can pray with him. That's why I can pray for him. So here's what the New Testament actually encourages, that we have an intercessor for us, we have an intercessor with us, and now because he is with us and for us, we now can allow him to pray through us. The Holy Spirit can actually pray through us in ways that we could not articulate without his help. By the way, I'm not talking, when we talk about praying in the spirit, be careful. I'm not talking about praying loud or praying long. The Bible doesn't actually say either of those. It is praying with a sincerity and with a humble dependence on God that I'm not the one doing this now. The spirit of God is going to cooperate. Cooperate this prayer with me. And when we partner with the Holy Spirit, and we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way, he actually takes what he's given us and now says to us, now I want you to pray in my spirit, through my spirit. Perhaps this is what Paul meant in Corinthians when he said that we pray in the spirit and with understanding. We pray both at times with understanding and sometimes we just don't know what to say. And it's okay. Our prayer can become a prayer of honest sincerity as we just give the Holy Spirit permission to pray through us. Listen, this X factor is more than just a good idea. This X factor is more than a theological concept. The X factor is a person with personality who's operating in our lives cooperating with us in our weaknesses. And one of the greatest weaknesses we have is we do not know how to pray as we should. We need his help. Thanks for listening. 
To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.